Hi everyone, welcome to today's podcast. It's Amelia here and we have a very special guest. It is none other than my grandmother, Cavill, who is from the silent generation, which is a generation we in media and social media don't tend to hear much from. And we're really excited to talk to her today. Welcome, Cavell. Welcome. So the silent generation is the generation that came before the baby boomers. Um, I found a really interesting article about it because I was trying to figure out like what are their experiences? What are their characteristics? Um, And it was saying that it's very much a generation that's, it has common traits of sort of financial prudence, interpersonal respect, determination, resilience, and work ethic and self-sacrifice. And I feel like Nan as a member of that society sort of exemplifies that in a really strong way. Like, I think that is very characteristic of that generation. They sort of get in, get the job done. Um, It was interesting. I heard you like Nan speaking earlier to my mom because we gave her a little bit of a heads up on some of the questions we might be asking. And mum was asking one of them, which was, how has your life been different than you imagined it would be when you were younger? And your response was, Nan, do you remember? No. (laughs) (laughs) I found it interesting because mum was sort of phrasing it as like, what did you dream of when you were younger? And you said, well, we didn't have any money to dream. We were just survival. We would get in there, get the job done. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's right. And why do you, do you think that, like, did you have any dreams of? Dreams, yes. I uh, I wanted to go away to school, but I was sick all my life from, from an eight-year-old. I was in and out of hospital and, um, Mum had the tags all on my clothes to go away to school. And then I got sick again, so she wouldn't let me go. So, Cavill, when you say you got sick, what, what did you get sick from? Pneumonia. Oh, wow. And so- my lungs are scarred so much today that they think I've had TB. Oh. When I go for x-rays. Yes, and the other dream was that I would have liked to be a hairdresser. And you, you um, do have but, beautiful hair, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I never got away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Kevin, where did you not get away from? Are you talking about where you grew up and and yeah, are you still where I the, grew up? You're yeah, still in the just same a small, town. Yeah, small country town. I yes. lived there my life up until the last 25 years yeah well if you had no money there was nowhere to go so you just made your own fun you know you played tennis but then mainly you were working to to make put bread and butter on the table growing up in the country because obviously in the world there were things like world war ii the great depression um the korean war vietnam war was that something that played a big sort of consciousness in your life? Like, did you, would you ever worry about like what was happening in the wider world or were you sort of in your, your town's sort of bubble? No, just in our town bubble at school, we had a, um, when the war was on, they built an air raid in the schoolyard, a trench dug out and covered over. 
So that was there for a lot of years and we used to play, we used to run through that, play hide and seek from the boys and the girls, you know. And they, in the end, the bigger boys were getting a bit rough. They were hit, hitting us with the tennis ball. So in the end, they they sort of filled that in. So, Cavill, how old were you when you finished school? I only went to eight, eight grade. Yeah. And that's what I always said. If I ever got enough money, I would send my kiddies away to school, which I did do. In there was there was only a job at the, the shop and a, a job at the school or one at the hotel. So there was a baker shop, but that was all run through uh, the family and the same with the shop. And the hotel was like that. So you had to sort of wait till things changed over whether you could get a job. So in the end, I, d- I did get a job at the hotel. And after that, uh, I went on to the school and got a job there. And I worked there for 13 years. And in between times, things got pretty, oh, well, before that, things got bad. And Fiona was a baby. She was nine months old. So we went out onto the road to Yowie Lakes. That's in between Cobar and um, Broken Hill. So I went out with her as a baby and we stayed in the Yowie Lakes um, quarters where the shearers used to stay. And, And my husband worked on the roads. And I stayed there with Fiona and she learned to walk in the in on a board floor around on the stools where they used to eat and uh, used to boil the nappies up in a uh, kerosene drum out on a fire outside and peg them out on the line. And, uh, yeah, she was pretty hard back in those days. Just as context, Fiona is my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And Nan was a cleaner at the school. Okay. After hours. So she'd work all day, but then she'd go in at nighttime and do the cleaning shift so she could save money to then send mum and my, my uncle off to school. Wow. And um, this house that you were born and raised in, Nan, the floors were dirt, weren't they? Yep. We had um, just a, oh, we moved around in a couple of uh, houses, but this this one... Oh, the first one had no lights. We only had Tilly lights then. And they used to have a a, a little lamp on on the light. And if you dropped that, hit the, the light hard, you would break it and you'd have no light. So mum would never let anybody carry the light. She always used to hang it up. And um, so, you know, things were... And then we used to have candles and little hurricane lights in the in the rooms. Yeah. Do you feel like there was a time, like a turn, where things became like a little bit easier, or has it always been quite challenging? Always been challenging. Yeah. Hmm. And what um, would you say was the most challenging time of your life? I dare say that was going out onto Yowie Lakes when I Fiona was a baby. So. That was uh, oh, and a time before that. Before I had Fiona, we went out on a on a the back of an Austin truck. We had a a tarp over the top. We had a fridge 
an old fridge that uh, you used to run on kerosene and if the wind came, it'd blow it out and then you'd have to uh, clean the wick and get it going again. Otherwise, all your stuff would go off. And then we had a windstorm on the bed and everything got wet, so we had to dry it out after the wind, <laughs> the rain went. So, yeah, I had some... Now that was another time when Ed was working on a on a pipeline. So, uh, and I love I get the shits when the internet connection isn't good. <laughs> well, that's I mean I guess it's an interesting comparison, Cavill, because you've lived through a period where you didn't have modern amenities or technology right. or electricity really easily yeah. accessible. And you're st- you're living now in a period where all of those things are available to you. Yeah, very. How true. is that for you? Yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and then I, as things went on, we, uh, uh, my husband had the shop, but then he went out of that, and we went onto the farm, and so we done some farming then. So I used to drive the tractors, do the first shift till till five o'clock, and then I used to go to the school and clean it. And then I had Fiona and Alistair. He was he was eight years younger than Fiona, but I used to take him. He was uh, ten months old. I used to put him in the car seat. Oh, well, you'd upgrade it into a cabin that was covered. <laughs> but before that, we used to be on an old tractor. We used to put the um, uh, a wheat bag underneath it and tie it on. So when you're going around at night heat and push it up on you and we didn't seem to be many parkers around in those days my father used to have a military overcoat and I used to wear it with a big scarf but then we upgraded to the to the cabin so I thought I was pretty good there (laughs) (laughs) and then I'd have Alistair in the seat, we'd be going around and around and around, and then he'd go off to sleep. And I think, oh God, is he getting too much dust or what? And he's <laughs> sleeping so much. Bit of carbon dioxide <laughs> getting pumped back into the, and a carbon monoxide getting pumped into the cabin. So then we'd pull up. I'd take the nappy off. He'd do a wet on the on the wheel. I'd do him up, give him a drink and something to eat. Off we'd go again. And he'd just go off to sleep again. He used to worry me to think he was getting too much. <laughs> so then I used to leave that at five o'clock and go up to the school and work there till seven o'clock and then go home and get tea and and the two kitties. So, yeah, and you get up and go again, pack the tucker port, wash them all up. Yeah. So, Cavill, have you always worked all your adult life and teenage years? Because it sounds like you have. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And even when I was younger there, we used to, my brother used to farm. That was before I was married. I'd go down to to, uh, the sister-in-law and I, we'd sow the bags of wheat and I I was the top sower. I could do 180 a day and bags sow the tops, you know. And then that used to go into the dump on the railway and they'd take it away on the, on the train. 
that was pretty hard work too, standing out in the sun. But then in the end, we got an umbrella, but you couldn't always have the umbrella because the wind had come and take it. <laughs> you just couldn't anchor it right. Yeah. And out where she lives in Kobaningen Way, it's like pretty common to get up to 40 degrees in summer. Like that's your standard temperature as well. So it is hot. Yeah, that's right. I have a question just before Dash, you ask your question. Like when you were so busy working all the time, work, 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 like what did you look forward to? Did you have holidays or like? No money for holidays. No, we just, well, if a ball came up at night on the weekends, well, you tried to to get there to it. And um, we used to play tennis, but. As the kiddies grew up a bit, we sort of give that away and then you sort of got into the farm and you got busier and busier, see? Mm. So uh, you had to go while the moisture was in the ground, you know, whether you wanted to or not, you had to go mm. and plough it, you know. I have a few questions for you, like listening to you talk and the physicality, I guess, of the work you're describing and even the family care that you're describing it sounds very physical of what you were doing so it sounds like you how old were you when you first started working would you say oh well I would have been uh, 20 um and then how old were you when you stopped stopped yeah she hasn't stopped. haven't stopped you haven't stopped and how old are you Cavill I'm 81 uh, this is amazing like that is like that ability just to keep going and to have your body keep pushing is incredible. But That's... you started working before you were 20. Like you left school when you were like 13 and you went down to Sydney and worked in a stocking factory. Oh, that's right. I did yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. So 13 yeah. to 81. Yeah. I went down with my grandmother and uh, worked in Sydney at a stocking fat factory. Uh, yeah, didn't stay a great deal. I only went for the, because my grandfather had died just for company for grandma mm. and uh, stayed a little while and then yeah, I wanted to go home. What did you think of Sydney back then? No, well, uh, I didn't know anybody to get around with, so it was just more or less of being home with Nan. Mm. I used to do all the garden and mow the lawns and do all that for her. How old were you? Well, how did you meet your husband and how old were you when you got married? Oh, I think I was about 27, 28. Yeah. Yeah. But that would have been quite old for your time, wouldn't it have, to be 27, 28, getting married? Oh, no, they, they got married old, uh, older in those days than now. Yeah. yeah. Was that because no. men were off doing going to war or doing farm work? Like, why... Do you think that happened? No, well, see, in a small country town, there was, wasn't was a great deal of boys and, and girls. I was just at the wrong age. Like mm. my bro brother was four years older than me, so he wouldn't take me anywhere he went and mum wouldn't let me go anywhere with the girls because they were older than me. So I didn't get to get out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I never learnt to swim because mum wouldn't let us go. I'm no. also a terrible swimmer, so I think it's more <laughs> genetics. Yeah. So, uh, what was 
your community like? You know, you're in a small town. What was your friendship circles like or your community connections growing oh, up? Oh, yeah, that was very good. We used to have school days where we have uh, the other schools had come and they have uh, foot races and all sorts like that. And then we'd travel to the other places. But not all the time because we didn't have a, enough money for the fuel. Wow. Um yeah, well, we didn't have a car at one stage. Yeah, so you had to rely on somebody to take you and take the your kiddies. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that was the early days. Yeah, so and was ch- church a big part, Kevin? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. everybody went to church, which mm. was a good thing for the kiddies. They all need that bit of church. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still go to church, Cavill? No, I don't go to church. But my, <laughs> my mother, she used to go to church, and then she had a falling out with the with the priest, and uh, and uh, yeah. So, but yeah, no, there's always been a bit of religion there. Going back to your wedding. We had an episode recently where we discussed weddings. What What's a wedding like for a silent generation, um, like oh. your generation? Is it big? Is it small? Is it community-based? Oh, well, some some were fairly big. You know, I have 80 or 70 people. But uh, I just got married in a simple dress and I had my uh, husband's grandmother and mother and my mother and we went in to the church eight o'clock one morning mm-hmm. that was the only time he could marry us and um and then we just went away for a couple of days but um mum wouldn't go to the wedding if dad went dad, oh so it was a mixed up turnout my father was an alcoholic okay. like he worked hard. He was a top shearer. He bought a property. And when he got the first, oh, well, mum used to go out uh, contracting. She used to be the cook and she'd take uh, my brother out and she would put him on a rope. He was four-year-old and tie him to a tree so he wouldn't run off. And then she'd be cooking the dinner for the shearers and... Um, um yeah so and then mum would have to boil all the clothes up out there on the kerosene drum and do the bit of washing like that for the whole week so uh, those days you didn't have a whole heap of clothes (laughs) do you think like back in that era like with alcoholism was that quite a common thing was it like socially like shunned like if you knew someone liked the drink would they be like how do people feel about it back then oh well well, it's just a thing that uh well when dad got his first wall clip we reckon the money went to his head Mm. so uh then he started drinking you know bought cars and yeah do you think maybe it was because he was stressed or like why do you think maybe don't know but yeah, well, we didn't have much of a life as young kiddies because Dad had come home drunk and, oh, we'd throw all the things around in the kitchen. And one night we went to a 
to a circus and we came home and Dad had tipped everything upside down in the kitchen and on the chairs he had these two guns shoot just sided up at the at the door ready for us to come in. There was nothing in them, but, you know, just being eh, crazy when they're drunk. But then when he wasn't drunk, he'd be the nicest person out, you yeah. know. Yeah, so he was just cra- we- crazy when he was drunk. So what so happened to I, him? We didn't have a any family life because we'd have to go up to our aunties or our grandmothers to sleep Mm. and uh, come back the next morning and get dressed for school, no homework done, Yeah, you know. So that's why I'm always up against drink, you know, because I've seen too much all my life. That sounds really (laughs) long and tough. So so your dad did come to your wedding then or didn't come? No, no. Okay. Uh, when did he pass away? Uh, he was 64 when he passed away. Okay. And were your parents still together then? No. No, no they separated. Yeah. Were they divorced or just separated? Just separated, yeah. yeah. And how was that viewed by the community? Was that a common thing that people were separated or was that considered oh, no, People just accepted Dad because they knew he was a, a, a real good fellow when he was sober. It was only when he got drunk, you know. Mm. Several fellas had came and had a talk to him and had a talk to mum and, uh, you know, people that cared about him. And, uh, yeah, no, he died with, um, he had cancer of the, um, oh, the liver, yeah. Mm. So uh, he always had a bad heart. He'd all, as soon as he'd get drunk, he'd, he'd sort of go out to it. We'd ring the ambulance and... Uh, just get the ambulance out. That'd take three quarters of an hour from Ningen out. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd just they'd test him all over and I uh, didn't know what was wrong. So as soon as they left, he'd wake up. <laughs> he'd be on the rampage again. Oh dear. Jeez. Could go on forever. Mm. <laughs> Um, so, Cavill, you talk a lot about, you know, we were poor and we couldn't do things, we couldn't go to on holidays. Did it change? At what point did things start to change where you could potentially afford to do things? Oh, well, after uh, uh, we started to do some farming and I started working at the school, um, yeah, things were uh, better then. Yeah. And then when I went out on the roads to Yo- Yoey Lakes, uh, mum done the school. She she cleaned the school for me. To hold that To job. hold the job. Wow. Yeah. So, and see, why you couldn't get the job at the school was because all the teachers were a married couple, so it was always the wife that got the job, see? There was no other jobs in town for the wife so she got the job at the school so uh, it was only uh what three hours in the morning and two hours in the afternoon yeah i find it interesting as well because at a point you and poppy took on the local pub and you were the publicans so i find it fascinating like you obviously had that experience growing up with your dad with alcohol but then 
you worked in a business serving alcohol and tell them a bit about how you used to take mum to work. Mum was like, a, how old was she? She was a baby. Oh, no, she would have been about four or five. Um, yes, we'll see that the hotel burnt down in town and then we took over the, well, that's when things sort of started to come good because we didn't do too bad in the pub there. We were in there for about two years. But it was only just in a lodge hall, a temporary bar. And uh, old Dad used to come over and I wouldn't serve him until after lunch. <laughs> so if I wanted, I used to live across the road. So if I wanted to go home and do something and in the morning there wasn't many people around, so he'd just sit at the in the chair there and keep eye on the on the pub for me. So and if there was anybody there, he'd ring the bell for me. So and I'd come over. So uh, and then about lunchtime, I used to stay there. There'd be always a few popping in then. Yeah. And then um, and then we uh, when we were ploughing the country at night. Well, uh, I'd do the night shift, uh, Ed would do the night shift and I'd do the pub. So then I had uh, Fiona, so I'd bring her over and make a bed underneath the bar and and put her under the bar and, of the smoke in the pub you could hardly see and they'd be all carrying on, but... Anyway, I didn't didn't wake her. She just slept on underneath the the bar there. And then when when it was close up time, I'd just pick her up and put her in the stroller and go across the road home. And Ed'd play on till daylight, see. So I'd get up then and I'd get over and clean it up at the hotel up and get it ready for the next day. <laughs> well, so during that period. When did you sleep? Oh, I How used to sleep when sleep? I went home. I'd really die. I was tired. Yeah, but it, I don't imagine it would have been a lot of sleep. Oh, yeah, I'd sleep from, well, 10 o'clock. Sometimes it would have been 11, but oh, I'd go straight from there to bed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess they didn't have, like, Netflix and stuff. <laughs> so oh, they nah. would just go to sleep. Didn't have TV. Yeah, yeah and, like, TV. the radio probably cut off at, I don't yeah. know nine so um and one time nan got locked in the freezer oh, yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> they had a um, cool room at the back of the bar and um eddie's uh, mother she used to milk the cows sorry and, to interrupt eddie is my grandpa yeah uh she used to milk the cows and then she'd uh put the milk into these uh wine bottles and uh, she used to take that around the town and put it on the gatepost and they'd leave the money there and drive around town. She didn't even have a licence. <laughs> she drove all around and Definitely unlegal selling unpasteurised <laughs> milk. And then she'd come back and she'd put the, the milk that somebody out of town were going to call in and pick it up, so she used to put it in the cool room there. So one day we she dropped the milk and I had uh, Fiona there. She was about four or five. Uh, oh, she'd be five. And then she had a cousin there 
and they went off playing and I'd gone in the cool room. I was there on my own and the cool room locked and I couldn't get it open. So I was getting a bit desperate. I was getting a bit cold and I thought, what am I going to do? It was all dark inside. So I got a bottle of milk and tipped down the door and hoping that would go out onto the floor and it'd leak out on the floor so the kids would know that I where I was. So eventually they came along and opened the door, thank goodness. So uh, I'm, I'm a bit wary of little spaces now, I can tell you. <laughs> Would that be like the scariest moment? Like did you think you were going to die? <laughs> it was a pretty scary moment, I can tell you. Jeez. Going back to your childhood, how did you sort of survive when things were a bit tough? And I mean, if, if there was mo- no money around, you got out and you shot some rabbits, made a stew. And uh, back earlier, we used to have, uh, used to be a fella come around and sell clothes and sell the vegetables door to door. But we always used to grow a few vegetables ourselves in, in the yard. But when I were out, we didn't have any water laid on, you know. You just had tank water and you had to go down to the PP tank and get your own water and fill your tank up. So that's why you're very cautious of how much water you used in that. And mm. then... How often would you have to go down to get your water? Oh, well, probably once a fortnight. Okay. Big tank, yeah. Mm. And uh, as I say, we... When we lived in this house that had dirt floors, like we had no running water or anything like that, we used to, in the summertime, we used to bath in the, in this room with the dirt floor and then in the wintertime we used to bath in front of the open fire one at a time <laughs> and then we let the water cool and carry it out hand by hand around big round tub. And then we'd carry it out. And then before we went to school, Mum used to have one of those hand pump washing machines. So we all had to do a few pumps on that for the sheets and that. And before we went to school to help her out. I mean, have listening to everything that you guys did and the kind of <laughs> routines you have, what do you think of the generations that have come after you? Um, and, you know, what are your thoughts about some of their characteristics and, and their lives? Well, I think we've had the best best life, really. Why do you say that? Well, well, there's too many drugs and violence and all that. There was nothing like that in our days. My husband used to say the day that he couldn't leave his keys in the car in Hermadale, that's the day he would leave. But anyway, he died before that day, and uh, but it's that day has come now that you've got to lock up and do everything. They're all on ice and terrible. It's unreal. Mm. So it's a very different country. Yeah, different to, altogether. Yeah. Yeah. My auntie used to give us some clothes, old clothes. My mother used to make all the dresses for me when I was 18. And I used to think I was pretty good in this homemade dress out of another dress, you know. Yeah. So, so that's why I was good that I'd save my money 
I'll make sure that my son and daughter went away to school to get an education that I never had, which I have done. Yeah, which I'm proud of. Yeah. Proud of my grandkitties. Very proud. And of my daughter and son, which my son has done very well too. Hmm. So I spend my time going up on the bus to Coba, helping (laughs) him out, doing the housework and the lawns and the edges and that, (laughs) and spending a few days with him. (laughs) And then I go over to Fiona and help her out because she's that busy. She works like a man, just like Mm. I did. Have you ever travelled overseas, like done the European tour or done many countries in Asia like a lot of Australians do? No, never done anything like that. The only thing I've ever done, when Alistair started work at the mine, he uh, he gave us a trip, Yumea and oh, several, Yumea yeah. on a boat. I quite enjoyed it, but my husband got all these pains in the stomach and couldn't get home quick enough because it was cancer. He had in, found oh. out that he had cancer in the stomach. So, mm. yeah, that was a – yeah. But anyway, Alistair paid for that. So that's, that's the only big trip I've sort of had, yeah. Nan was calling us when she had hip replacement done last week and she was calling us saying, oh, lovely food in here. Having the best time. It's like a holiday. <laughs> Normally people are about like, oh, the hospital food's so shit. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, I've had cotton. No, what did you have? Sea bass? I don't know. What was the salmon? Food? She had salmon twice in one day. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that does sound like pretty good hospital food. You must have been mm. in a nice hospital there. Yeah, it was. It was it was thousand dollars a day. <laughs> Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I could, and uh, well, the doctor said, I'll have, well, you can go home today. This is the third day, see? I said, but, doctor, I don't want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed at me. <laughs> he said, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go to rehab and I wanted to get my chest checked out and my heart all at the same time. Mm. Yeah, which I did do. That's why I stayed. Does yeah. it worry you sometimes being in a country area, being so isolated away from quality healthcare? No, not really. Been there for so long, so it doesn't. <laughs> what do you think when you see like the life that Sally and I lead? Like, obviously, it's very different to like the way you've grown up. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm very pleased that you. Got the opportunity to do it. <laughs> mm. yeah. well, well, I always say, I wouldn't want you to do what I've done all my life. It sounds like bloody hard work. <laughs> well, well I, I liked that phrase you said, we were, we, we're like men. You said that a few times, describing people. Oh, that's uh, right. Well, was... we'd work a lot harder than a lot of men today. <laughs> <laughs> but... How do you feel like obviously throughout your life with your body changing and whatnot, like what's it like to age? It's the only thing that I see is my wrinkles and I intend not to go out now because I've got too many, you know. Uh, I feel that. Mm. And uh, when you see the other girls around you say same age, which haven't got as many, you know. 
Do you think like, are you more conscious of that because of social media? Because you have Instagram, you follow along and watch stories. Yeah. Do you feel like you're more conscious of it because you can see the wider world now? Like, do you think if you lived with the the vision that you had when you were, say, in your 20s with the amount of exposure you had with the media back then, would you feel the same way? No, I just feel that I've always felt that way. But you used to wear like a hat and a scarf yeah, and really to, look after your skin. I used to wear a hat, but I did sunbake a lot. My mother said, oh, you'll get cancers, but Carol knew. But no, I haven't had any cancers off my face or legs or anything. I think like your hobby used to be going to mine for opals once upon a time as well. Oh, yeah, we've been opal, <laughs> opal mining. We went down, We there was a big round hole and we had to dig it out. So we'd put it into a bucket and Ed was on the top. He'd pull it up, he'd drop it down, I'd fill it up with the shovel and that. So until we got it down... To where we could crawl in. So, uh, oh, we've mined and got opals, shovel, but I was always the uh, doing the, the work because Ed had polio, see, mm. oh, in his right. leg. So I was sort of his legs. So, uh, yeah, it was quite, quite enjoyed it up there. Lightning we got a few opals, left as many as, as what we got because we weren't game enough to take the pillows down under away to get the opal that was behind the pillows, if you know what I mean. So at the start of this episode, Amelia kind of read out what the characteristics are of the silent generation. And I don't know if um, you can remember them all. And I don't know, Amelia, if you want to read them out, but listening to your life and you thinking about those characteristics, would you say that you fit in the silent generation? Let me read them out. They are traditional values, emphasis values such as hard work, loyalty, thriftiness, uh, financial prudence, interpersonal respect, determination, resilience, yeah. worth ethic, and self-sacrifice. You had to be thrifty. That was that was a good one. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything on that list that you're like, no, that doesn't describe me? No, but that being thrifty does. <laughs> I I have a question, Nan. Do you feel, as a generation, do you feel like society listens to you or do you feel like sometimes you're a bit forgotten by society? I've spoken to people, like, in their 70s and 80s and I feel like sometimes they feel a bit invisible, like people don't oh, really yeah, yeah. Do you feel that way sometimes? Yeah, yeah, the younger ones. Oh, you feel that the, the younger ones think, think you're old and they don't bother bothering with you, you know. I feel like the younger generation would learn a lot from you if we took the time to listen <laughs> um, and to, I guess, ask questions and, and to hear your stories, which have been incredible today. And so, you mm. know, thank you so much for your generosity in in talking to us because I do think the wisdom of all of your life experiences that you have had is pretty incredible and um, I hope one day you write them down. Amelia, you can write them down. <laughs> <laughs> Create well, a little book. little mini book. I always, one of my favourite quotes is that we stand on the shoulders of giants and oh, I'm getting emotional now. It's true, like I, <laughs> I really appreciate like 
all the sacrifices that like you made in your life so that mum could have a better life and like in turn the stuff that she's done for me and my sisters like it's (laughs) sorry (laughs) it means a lot the younger generation we don't always get to say that to the people who have come before us because like we are really fortunate in the world that we live in like yeah it is hard sometimes but like they've paved the way for the Australia that we live in so Mm. whether it be Nan growing up in the farm or Dash your relatives coming to Australia like they've been through a lot and yeah it's nice (laughs) it's an incredible legacy and yeah I do love that quote and I do love the quote that um you know we stand with all of our ancestors and Mm. you know I kind of think the stories that we are walking today are because of the ancestors that are walking alongside us It's Amelia here. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review. If you enjoyed our show, please share it with your family and friends. We would really appreciate that. And hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news and multiple fun facts because we love that. Our original music was composed and performed by Luke Champion. 